So you see the difference between the mindset that we have here in TP and the mindset of the regular, quote-unquote, normal world where you pay a lot of money, and this is the advice. So they had a kip, a daughter in a lot of pain, and it's a Hasidish family. Not that it matters, because it could be any family. But they paid a lot of money to go from person to person through the spiral. And the sad part is that if, if you only, only, only knew all of this at the beginning of the spiral, the kid would still spiral, but instead of all the way down to homeless and feeling like you want to die, the spiral is much less because it's just dealing with their pain and whatever is breaking them and not the additional pain of everybody hates me, I'm the black sheep of the family, my, my parents only criticize me and all of that, which is like trauma on top of all of their pain. But because parents love their kids, don't see the, the knife. So, of course, they, they make mistakes. But the advice they got was terrible. Now, here's conventional wisdom. Again, we're talking about someone who's clearly out of the system, not from suffering emotionally, not a stable human being, not doesn't go out of the room and then goes out all night with all kinds of bad people, not doing good things, at risk of, of meeting who knows who, doing what drug, and all the bad, all the things that we are, our biggest nightmare as a parent, she's there. She's out there, right? And they gave her keys to their house. And they said to her, if you lose the keys to the house, you don't get another set. Lo and behold, this klutz, right? That's what they think. This is like... Like they're angry. They're angry at her, right? She lost the set of keys. He said, you lost keys. Now you have to be home before we lock the door. And otherwise you can't come home at night. And Or if you want, you can work to pay. You know, it's like those big locks that cost a lot of money. I don't know. It's like $200. You have to come up with $200. We're not an ATM machine. We're not just going to go ahead every time you lose your keys and you're like, oh, and then the keys are, right? Another 200 another 200 Where's it going to end? How's it going to end? So you go get a job, which um, she had time to do because she does nothing day and night. So they look at it. Look how, like, look how once you turn the corner... You look at every piece, you're all, you're all like in pain hearing this and nodding your heads. And the regular world is like, yeah, of course, you see, give her an incentive to work. She'll feel good about it. She needs your boundaries. She needs your consequences. She has time. Get a job. You pay for the keys. Why am I paying consistently for your keys that you just lose? Cause, cause you don't care. We look at it literally, treat it the same as physical illness. And when we do, we get the results that they're dying for. They want our results. They want peace in the home. They want a kid that comes home instead of going out to the park all hours of the night. We get all of that. They can't figure out how does it come from giving it, well, you're just going to give in to the kid whatever they want. And we look at it, we know that this kid was good. Right? That's our baseline. This kid was good. You knew this kid at seven, eight, nine. Most of you will te- will say that you never dreamed that this would be the problem, kid, that you're suffering from. Okay, some of them, about 5%, we knew something's wrong since they're a little kid. And some of them were even went through childhood trauma that they don't even remember. And some of them, maybe the batteries were put in wrong in the assembly line. I don't know. Some of them are just like, okay. Bottom line is, most of them, like 95% of your kids, never expected this to be. All of a sudden, they're crazy. They're, they're just acting crazy, right? The baseline that we look at it is the kid is good. 
and they're struggling. And their struggle is causing them to put their lives in danger, being pulled down into the street by one incredible concept that is a magnetic pull that pulls them out of our safe haven and puts them literally in danger, which is the pull of acceptance. That out there, the shorter the skirt, the better we like you. The more more you can do bad, the more the more you'll find people who like you. You know how to steal cars? Great. We need a guy like you on the team. You know, you're you're angry at the system? Great. So they're embracing and we're rejecting. And they go to whoever's going to embrace them and not ask questions and not say, even though we love our kids, when are you coming home? Why aren't you coming home? When are you coming home? When are you coming home? And instead of them feeling, wow, I am so loved. I have parents who would die for me and, and literally stay up at night ripping their hair out in worry and in fear and anxiety because I am in danger. And these kids feel, what a hassle. You're hassling me a million questions. You're bothering me. You're in my way. You don't care about me. It's like the craziest thing. Nobody cares about your kids more than mom and dad. And the kids think that everybody on the street cares about them, right? And Be'ezer Sashem, you should all get there like is happening now with parents after a year or two where they drop all those kids on the street and they realize that the only people that really were ever here for me is mom and dad. So the rutzan of the parents, the will of the parents is to be there for the kid. But those tools are all working against it. So they think punishment. Oh, then you're not going to lose keys because you're losing keys because you're careless and you don't care. And you and we look at it like, like no, 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 no. No, no, no. Look at this opportunity. So they came here, they trained. They started bombing. This is one week. They're getting hugs and smiles and giggles that they have not gotten in over two years of following other people's direction. Now, some people will say, who says hugs and giggles is good? Yeah, hugs and giggles is good. Yeah, locking yourself in the room is not good. Coming out to the Shabbos table for the first time in two years and more, because they started getting advice two years ago, in over two yeah, coming to the Shabbos table and saying, hi, what's doing? And being normal, instead of feeling attacked, like everybody hates you, right? Regardless of how they're dressing, yeah, that's good for their mental health. That they feel comfortable, safe being at home. It's also good for their ruchnius, which is why all the tzaddikim say, don't reject, don't reject. And they will blend in, in their outerwear, when they when they feel healthy and good, as as we've been proving, so I said, "Ooh, about the key thing, right? Here's what you're going to do." Chazal tell us the Medrash says that it says, "V'yitain l'cha elikim mital hashemayim u'mishmani ha'aretz," and we say this Matzah Shabbos. A lot of people say this, "V'yitain l'cha elikim," and God will give you. So first, the Medrash says, "V'yitain l'cha what?" God's going to give you what? So part of before mitala shemayim mishmania eretz from you know the fruits of the land and the the, the good stuff the gashmias the first thing v'yitain lecha is elikim that's one medrash God will give you elikus God gives a human being the ability to attach ourselves to the ein Saif. we have a chance to have in us and a connection elikus very nice then the medrash says who starts a sentence with an and any school teachers here? Right? What would happen if your pupil starts a sentence with, and God will give you? We actually allow that in high school these days. You allow that in high school these days because you're just happy they, they're not texting it to you. Right. You don't, right. You don't start a sentence with an and. 
Okay. And Hashem will give you. What does it mean? Says the Medrash, Yitain, V'yachsar V'yitain. And God will give you means that God will give you and then He will give you. That's what He's coming to tell you. That Hashem, when He gives us stuff, He's telling you, I'm going to give you and don't worry, don't have this fear, I'm going to give you again. I wrote about this in GPS at length. It's a a great chapter to read. Because we think like, oh, we're going to lose the gift and we're done. Hashem's like, I know you're going to lose the gift. Because uh, you're human, and I created you, and Kiyodati, uh, uh, I know you're Yetzer, and I know that life's not easy. So I'm letting you know, Yitain V'yachzer V'yitain. So imagine, this is the example that I use in GPS, imagine that you go to your child when they get married, and they want to start a business, and you say, listen, I'm giving you $100,000. But if you lose that $100,000, you're on your own for the rest of your life. So that kid has tremendous anxiety. It's great. It's an amazing gift. We all wish we had that. But, okay, you're really nervous every step of the way. Nerves can make you not make mistakes. It could also make you make mistakes. But imagine a father's rich guy and he says, listen, I'm giving you $100,000 to, to, to start a business. But I want you to know that if you lose the $100,000, I have another $100,000 for you. Be smart about it. Try to be a, a self-made man. Try not to need me. But you're not going to have to commit suicide. Don't worry. I'm always going to be here for you to get you started again. That's what Hashem does with us. But it gets even better. Or as I wrote in GPS. But wait, it gets even better. According to the Medrash, that what is God giving you? He's giving you elikus. That means that He's giving you godliness. That means that v'yitein l'chalalikim means that God is saying, I am giving you godliness. There's no bigger gift in the world to be able to feel spiritual and to act proper and to connect to Hashem. And Hashem says, and I know you're going to lose it. And I'm telling you now, not what we would say. You better not lose this. I am giving you an opportunity to have a lakus. I'm giving you a lakus. I'm giving you spirituality, godliness. But if you lose it, that's it. You're a guy. You lose it, it's done. Everybody would say, good chidduch, consequences, boundaries. Let him know his life is on the line. He'll fight harder for it. Hashem doesn't say that. Hashem says, I'm going to give you a lakus. I'm going to give you godliness. But I want you to know furos, as they say in Yiddish. I want you to know up front, as many times as you're going to mess up, I will always be here to give it to you again. Why Hashem says that? Read the book. But that's the parent relationship. I'm going to give you, I said, now write a letter to your child. And look at the difference in what happens in a short time since they did this, it's not even two weeks. They said, we have a different atmosphere at our home. Our other kids are breathing. Because there's not explosions happening. There's no door slamming. There's no parents arguing with each other. One fuming, one crying. All of it, the tension is gone. We were never supposed to be a part of this problem. They wrote, dearest, pick a name. Pick a name. Hmm? Pick a name. Dearest, pick a name. Okay, dearest Chani, we're so sorry that in the past when you accidentally, again, we're down the kafskos, we're showing the person, even if it comes out of, it doesn't matter, even if they're messed up in the head and they're forgetful, whatever reason it is, it doesn't matter. We're so sorry that in the past we were so tough on you about the keys. It's true that they're expensive, 
but you're worth more to us than some keys. So here's a new set of keys. They gave her a new set of keys attached to a keychain, which the keychain was one of those that you can buy for 5 or $10, which talked about how much we love you. You are loved, endless, forever. A gold keychain, okay? I'm sure it's not real gold. Nobody took out, you know, the, from the teeth and melted it and made it. And they attached it to this very expensive keychain, key, right? And they said, you are loved and cherished and this is your home. And as many times as you might accidentally lose this key, we will always provide you with a new key because this is your home. I said, you know, if you wanted to do the, this thing where you're punishing, which I don't agree with any of this, but if it's about, I don't know, something minor in her life, fine. But access to your home means means because you lose the key, you're now homeless, you're living in a place where you don't have access, you lost access, you got to go. No, but she can work. If she could work, she'd be working. She's a kid in pain. She's not a kid who's lazy and stupid and doesn't realize that I think I should do something with my life. So it's like telling someone in a wheelchair who can't walk, oh, okay, fine, run around the block and then I'll give you keys. They can't work. How do you know they can't work? Because they're not working. In the whole shift of the way we look at kids, don't you realize this kid is in a wheelchair of life? There aren't enough symptoms to realize it. And now we keep on thinking that. They need encouragement. They don't. They need support. See the difference? They don't need encouragement. You can do it. You can do it. Right now, maybe they can. Maybe they can't. We don't know. But when you support them, then when they can get out of that wheelchair of life, they will and they always do. They always do. They need support. So now it's yitin v'yachsev v'yitin. It's godly. You are a part of our family. This is your home. You will never, ever lose access no matter what you do. Oh, so you should burn down the house. and it, That's the attitude of the other people because they can't imagine what happens when you do this correctly under guidance as part of a whole thing. You can't just do that and still be angry and so whatever. You got to Take out the knives. You got to stop the war. You got to write that first letter, which explains what we're doing. It's part of a process, right? But now, within two weeks, they no longer have anger. So far, in two weeks, they don't have cutting herself and banging your head in the wall out of the frustration of feeling hated. Will it continue forever? I certainly hope so. I expect it to. And if she does cut herself or bang her head in the wall or drink to the point of passing out, it's going to be because of somebody else or the past, not because of mom and dad. We're not going over to somebody whose life, they don't see any future, and then punishing them and saying, well, mm -hmm." or as we say, pick on someone your own size. They can't. So there's such a little example of this key is really sometimes it hits a, like, this is the difference between night and day. This, this is the difference between understanding a kid is in pain and doing their best. And they also make mistakes within that. That's true. We also make mistakes. All of us make mistakes. But they're not that way because they're making mistakes. They're not bad, lazy, or stupid. They're not too bad, lazy, or stupid to recognize that nighttime is for sleeping and daytime is for being up. That's not why they're dysfunctional. Something happened. And we're healing them with support. So now comes this beautiful keychain with a letter apologizing because we, even though it was not our fault, bad advice. 
But the kid for years is thinking, why don't you realize that I'm doing the best I can? Why can't you see the knife, the handle? It's invisible, but don't you see what happened to me? Like the kids who go and they tell me, they tell me, they got schlepped a therapist after therapist when they're with the hoodie over their heads and they're just going, mm, mm, and they're looking up and they keep on thinking and they tell me this. They say, they keep, they're looking at the wall and they see all these awards and they're like, why can't you tell me what's wrong with me? Why don't you see what's wrong with me? I see it. Me, 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 little me, not professional. I could see pain. I could see based symptoms, behavior, but I could see it on a person's face. I could see it, I could see too much. Sometimes I want to dive and I shouldn't see so much. You get used to it. You get new eyes. You could see people are in pain. You could see it. And this guy says, I'm sitting here with my hoodie over my head and I'm, I'm grunting and you have all these plaques and you can't figure out what's wrong with me. You need me to answer questions. And they get so frustrated. And, and meanwhile, we say, listen, they're not communicating. I don't know, in home sweet home, they didn't communicate. I put my feet up on the chair and proved my trust to them and they opened up to me and I, the more I knew, the, the, the more they, quicker that they knew that I knew, the more they felt safe around me, which is why you have to become experts on trauma because the more that you are comfortable in the field of trauma, the quicker they will open up to you. They just know. And then you'll realize that you would have missed all those things that they threw out, little hints and little stuff, and other people are just totally, totally oblivious, and you're not. So you're going to start picking up on stuff and realize, oh, it's starting to come out. And it's like a turtle. The head goes back in under the shell because it's their deepest, darkest secret, especially when it's really, really horrible. It's their deepest, deepest secret. So over here, we're fixing the core of trauma, the core of all pain, whether it's trauma, whether it's anything that's hurting the kid, that they're struggling with life. Most of our kids are not struggling with religion. They're struggling with life. And we're rehooking them to mom and dad, saying, you have value. We don't have to say that even, we just, because I, I'm crazy about you. I love you. I like you. I like you. So then they feel likable. So their self-esteem automatically goes from zero to 20 or 30. You take them out of suicide zone. When they plummet and they hit zero, they have no reason to live. My own parents don't like me. I'm a nuisance. Everyone will be better off without me. Once they start feeling that, and even when you're aggravated at them, and they're fighting you and cursing you, part of them is saying, they're all better off without me. I'm such a loser. Even when they're cursing you and they seem like they're strong, part of them, they hate their life. They hate it. Everybody hates me. Everybody everybody looks down at me. Nobody understands me. Everybody looks at me as bad. We look at them as good.